Welcome to the Popular Pig Podcast, a convenient place where you can stay up to date on what's popular in the swine industry. By listening to Popular Pig, you will receive invaluable information on the latest trends, news, and research from various experts who guide the global pork industry. Popular Pig is brought to you by Swine Tech, the award-winning creators of SmartGuard and PigFlow. To learn how PigFlow can help you streamline your workforce and reduce piglet and sow deaths, visit swinetechnologies.com. Popular Pig is also made possible by the National Pork Board, Intervention, Crystal Spring, Johnsonville Foods, High Pork Genetics, Minitube, Brenneman Pork, Fibro Animal Health, Swine Robotics, Innovative Heating, and PigEquipment.com. Brought to you by American Resources. Welcome to the Popular Pig Podcast. My name is Matthew Rode, your host for today's episode. Joining us today is Dr. Kara Hayden. How are you doing today, Kara? I'm good. Yeah, thank you. I'm really glad that we could take some time to sit down and talk about animal welfare together. If you wouldn't mind introducing your background or I guess introducing us to you, your background, what you do today and kind of what you've been up to lately. Yeah, yeah. So um, I am somebody who actually grew up working with pigs. So I grew up in Michigan um, as a part of a kind of wean to finish operation there. And so I kind of grew up being in pig barns. Um, And so actually, by the time I got to high school, I said, uh, I hate working with the pigs. I never want to see pigs again. And so I moved to the suburbs of Chicago and was an elementary education major, actually, for two years um, before (laughs) saying, actually, you know what? I really miss the pigs. I actually passionately love working with pigs. And so at that point, I decided I wanted to go to vet school. So I got my degree in veterinary medicine from Iowa State, graduated in 2014, And then I went directly to go work with Pipestone. Um, So I work out of the Independence, Iowa location for Pipestone and uh, was just an associate vet working with kind of health and production uh, for about eight years for Pipestone. And then recently in the last uh, year and a half, two years here, took over as the director of animal welfare for the Pipestone management company. Um, So now on a day-to-day basis, my job is overseeing the welfare of uh, over 300,000 sows. So making sure that we have appropriate protocols, tools, and training for all of our caregivers, uh, the audit program, so both the internal and external audit program, and then uh, welfare investigations when they come up. So that's what I do. When you think about your childhood and growing up raising pigs, what are some of the things that you look back on that really inspired you to come back to pig production from doing elementary ed? Yeah, I mean, um, I just grew up feeling um, just like what my dad did, what our family did in being pig farmers, um, just was such a, it was just a way to enhance our community. We provided really good jobs for people. We wanted it to be a good place to work. Um, we really care about the environment. We did things and still to this day, uh, Dykeist Farms is where I grew up. And so uh, they still make decisions that really care about the environment. And then I just saw my dad caring about the pigs, going out in the middle of the night if that was necessary, working holidays and weekends and feeling very passionately that what he was doing was making an impact um, to provide good food to our family, the community and the world. And so um, not that elementary education isn't amazing and provides an impact, but um, I just felt really drawn to this ability to feed the world. So animal welfare, topic of the day, it 
in my opinion, is a very exciting and fun topic. Uh, when thrust upon the industry, it's kind of a frustrating topic. But I think there's so much opportunity and uh, such a great story here. When it comes to animal welfare, what is your experience uh, with animal welfare? And to you, what does animal welfare actually mean? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Animal welfare can mean lots of different things to to lots of different people. Um, I think in the last few years, kind of to me, um, I, I've kind of split it into two pieces. And this isn't something that came from me. This is um, Meller and Reed came out with a paper in 1994 about animal welfare. Um, and they kind of introduced this five domains model. But basically, how I like to look at animal welfare now is to kind of split it into two two sections. So what is happening to the pig physically? That's very important for animal welfare is physically what's going on. And then that's not all of it. We need the second piece, which is how does the pig feel about it? And so how does the pig feel about it, right? That's the squishy kind of, we have to make an inference, but some of it can be really obvious. So a great example, uh, physically what's happening to the pig. The pig has a diet that's formulated for its life stage uh, by a wonderful PhD nutritionist that has all of all that it needs. That's the physical side. How does the pig actually feel about it? Well, the pig is full and content. That's a pretty easy one to make the jump to. So for me, when I look at animal welfare, it's always looking at those two pieces, physical and mental. Which one do you find to be the most enjoyable when you're going through or the most difficult in other ways? Yeah, I think the difficult one is the mental, the mental state. So it's easy to look at a pig and be like, yeah, physically, this environment is right. Physically, um, if they have the right amount of food, but but trying to make that leap to how does the pig feel about it? That takes really understanding pig behavior um, to really kind of understand that piece. What are you looking for in behavior to help you understand that mental component? Yeah, I mean, so pigs are a predator or a, excuse me, a prey species. And so they look at humans as kind of predators. <laughs> and yeah. so sometimes I'm looking for really simple things like how do they interact with people? Do they trust this person, this caregiver, because this caregiver has treated them with respect in the past? Or are they seeing them as a predator and responding behaviorally as prey? Um, so that that's at least one really easy kind of piece to look at is that kind of prey dynamic. That's very fascinating. When you when you look at assessing that, how do you go about that? How does someone in your role properly assess animal welfare? Yeah, so at Pipestone, we've kind of recently um, decided full on that we're going with the five domains model. So like I said earlier, that's from a, a paper by Meller and Reed in 1994. And so we decided to go with this model because it's the model that a lot of zoos are using. And so zoos are, I mean, zoos are light years ahead because they have so much interaction with the public. They really, really care about animal welfare at zoos and they want to be able to give a good answer to the public about how they're assessing animal welfare. And so I think adopting that into the swine industry is really good because it's a model that's been proven um, to, to kind of the public understands it. And so kind of how you break down the model is there's uh, the physical and the mental state. And so in the physical state, you look at four specific things. So nutrition, behavior or interaction, and that's looking pig to pig, pig to people, and pig to the environment. 
And then the third physical is health. The fourth is the environment. And then the fifth domain is that, that mental or emotional state. So you assess all five of those and then you give a score. Um, and so we like to score things on a negative one, zero, one, negative one being poor welfare needs improvement. Zero means it's okay. It's adequate. And one is great. We feel like the pig is doing awesome. So that's how we've kind of decided to move forward with assessing it uh, at Pipestone. Uh, which ones do you think most people have the hardest time with of those? Yeah, I think, again, behavior interaction is the hardest. <laughs> yes. Yep, for sure. How are those models when you said Pipestone is adopting them and you guys have made that decision? How are you implementing that into farms today? Yeah, so we've kind of gone all in on this model. We really like it. And so our training materials for all of our caregivers are based on uh, the five domains. And so our caretakers are trained on looking at the physical and the mental state. Um, in like our daily observation training, we go through observing nutrition, behavior, health, environment, and then kind of making an assessment of the pig. And then over the next few months, so every month we do a new training. And so like last month was nutrition. Uh, this month, the training is uh, all about behavior interactions and learning about pig behavior. And then the coming months will be health and environment. So that's on the training side. Uh, but then on that kind of practically, how are we using it on farm today? Um, so I think I was in a call loadout. What was that? Tuesday, Tuesday morning this week doing an assessment, a welfare assessment of a call load. Uh, so loading 50 some um, sows onto a truck. And so I was assessing. And so as I did that, I kind of walked through the domain. So nutrition, how was the body condition of the sows that we were putting on the truck? Was it appropriate? Uh, does the farm have really skinny sows? Were there sows that were too skinny and shouldn't have been loaded on the truck? Uh, behavior interactions. There's a little piece on the pig-to-pig -pig interactions, right? Are we minimizing fighting? Are we keeping boars separate? Things like that. But the big focus there is the pig-to-people interactions. So was the caretaker staying calm? Were they appropriately using animal handling tools? Uh, was it clear that they could understand pig behavior? Were they kind of responding when, when she was getting stressed? Were they releasing pressure? Um, how do they react when a sow doesn't want to move? Do they stay calm? Do they try different things like running another sow past? Let that sow take a break, maybe backing her onto the truck, maybe turning the lights off on the chute, kind of all that, that major assessment on that pig to people interaction. And then health, are the pigs fit for transport? So things like, can they walk on all four legs? Are they breathing normally? Is, is this a pig that should be loaded onto the truck or not? Um, environment, is the chute clean? Uh, is there good lighting? No non-slip flooring. What about the truck? Same questions there. Is there the appropriate amount of um, sawdust to help with dryness? Footing, uh, are the right number of panels in place? All, all of that stuff. Um, and then kind of wrapping that into the mental emotional state. So um, I happen to be on a loadout where the, the three guys doing this loadout between the trucker and the two caregivers had over like 60 or 70, maybe even years of pig experience. So what I saw was physically and thermally comfortable pigs, very low stress, pain-free, no slips, falls, fighting, inappropriate, nothing. Um, and so in my opinion, that mental emotional state of the pig was very good. So we had the four physical domains were good, leading to a very good mental emotional state of the pigs. And so I gave that a score one. 
So you had said they'd been there with those picks for a long time. You've said that the behavioral component and the mental component is the most difficult. How do you onboard and train new individuals to become able to care and to assure that care is being provided good in that way? And and how long does it take for somebody to truly be able to look and, and see and, and understand how that pig is feeling? Yeah. Yeah. So we have really focused our training on um, pig behavior. So we in our training go into understanding pig vision. Yes, they have very good peripheral vision, but I mean, they're like long distance vision is extremely poor. They don't see well in the dark. We talk a lot about how they're extremely stimulated by smells. They can actually smell better than dogs. Pigs might have some of the smell abilities, some of the best in the whole animal kingdom. Uh, We focus a lot on that predator prey kind of discussion. We talk a lot about hierarchy and understanding how anytime that you group pigs, that hierarchy is going to form. There's always going to be a top pig and there's always going to be a bottom pig. Um, We talk a little bit kind of about... Um, I don't want to call it personality, but it is sort of the personality of the pig where there are pigs that are bold and brave. They're the leaders. They're the ones who are going to go first. And there are pigs on the opposite side of the spectrum that are extremely timid and are not going to walk down a hallway unless a brave sow is leading them. They are only followers. Um, And so we focus a lot of our training on just truly understanding pig behavior, Uh, but it takes time. It takes time working with pigs and kind of understanding and and trying to interpret what's going on in their heads. So to kind of take a pause before we get into some of the more higher level industry stuff, I have some questions for you. What is the first, I guess, what is your D1 college that you root for? (laughs) Um. Yeah, so I grew up in Michigan, um, and so that's a toughie. I would say I'm more of a Michigan State than a Michigan fan. Yep. Okay. Wasn't sure that's what I saw coming, so that's kind of interesting. <laughs> <laughs> yep, yep. The only reason I didn't go to Michigan State for vet school is because I fell in love with a man from Iowa and have been trapped here ever since. So So you're also part Hawkeye? <laughs> no, no, Iowa State. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I know. Uh, what is your go-to karaoke song? Oh man. Uh, um, I'm trying to think what the name of the artist is, but I believe in a thing called love. Okay. What about an actor that you, or actress that you love or that you just can't stand? <laughs> um, oh my goodness. I really like Meryl Streep. Yeah. Okay. We've had such a wide variety of, of actors and actresses. Uh, I thought I was going to hear more people say they didn't like Nicolas Cage or some of those polarizing <laughs> ones, but no, a lot of people are going to the ones they like. Uh, yeah. what's, what's your favorite food? Oh, my goodness. Um, probably an appropriately cooked tenderloin. Okay. What's appropriate to you? <laughs> 145 degrees and then let it rest. <laughs> okay. And then um, what is your favorite beer? Ooh, you know, I'm not much of a beer drinker, but I do. If I'm going to drink beer, it'll be a Lining Kugel Summer Shandy. There you go. So to kind of break, oh, I got one more for you. 
Um, what is the top? What is at the top of your bucket list for travel? Ooh, um, yeah, that's a great one. Um, I would love to go to Italy. I think that's probably top of my list, but Australia is up there too. What are you hoping to do in Italy and Australia? Um, I mean, Italy, I just want to see some really old, beautiful buildings, um, see the, uh, the landscape. I just think Italy just looks and sounds beautiful and eat some really good food. Um, Australia. Yeah. I think it's about seeing some cool animals in Australia. So I have young kids that are really obsessed with things like koalas and kangaroos and crocodiles. So <laughs> I got to hold a koala this past fall. I was in Australia and went to the Steve Irwin zoo or Australia zoo. And that yep. for me growing up watching crocodile hunter, that was the coolest thing. Um, and just seeing a wild kangaroo was pretty cool. Yep, absolutely. So when you think about animal welfare in the industry and where we're at today, where do you think we are really excelling in animal welfare? Yeah, I mean, I would start off by just saying, I think this is such an exciting time in the swine industry. I just feel like there's a lot of movement right now on animal welfare. Um, there's been a lot of public focus, but it feels like um, producers, veterinarians, everybody's talking about welfare. And I think it's an exciting time. So if I, I mean, I'll go through the, the four physical domains and kind of talk about each of those. So nutrition, I think we have some amazing uh, PhDs who take care of our nutrition programs. I think we really excel at making sure that we're meeting the needs for amino acids, vitamins, minerals, energy, all of that good stuff for our pigs. Um, behavior interactions, I really feel like, um, at least from my experience, like people to pig interactions were pretty good. Uh, we have well-established protocols. We train people. I think we do well at that health. I mean, we've got a lot of veterinarian involvement, uh, in the industry. And so I think we do a pretty good job with vaccinations, preventative health, things like that. Um, and environment, I mean, you can't beat some of the environments that we put pigs in. So we really really have pig comfort uh, down. We have automation down. We have alarm calls that warn us if anything's not right. And so those would be things that I think we're really good at in the U.S. When you look international, are there things that we don't do here in the States that they do elsewhere that you think would be beneficial as we continue to grow and improve as an industry? Yeah, I do think in a lot of ways that Europe is ahead of us in some of these areas. Um, so like nutrition, uh, they're doing some really cool stuff, feeding like fermented diets. Um, they, they understand a little bit more about the microbiome than we do. And I think that is a really cool area of research. Um, I think probably the microbiome impacts the whole pig a lot more than we realize. Um, and so I think there's, that's, that's really attached to animal welfare. And so I think there's some things we could uh, improve on and we need to learn more on uh, in the whole industry. I think the whole world, we need to learn more about the microbiome. Um, as far as be behavior interactions, um, yeah, enrichment. That is something mm -hmm. uh, that yeah. in Europe, they have been providing enrichment. Um, and when I say enrichment, right, I mean um, most of the time like hay or wood or something to meet that need for um, sows to root in something and to chew something. So sows are incredibly 
uh, that snout is really sensitive. That whole area is kind of the, the main location of the pig. If you think of a pig, it's really kind of a, a snout, nose, mouth on feet when, you, when you're thinking about um, <laughs> welfare and what the pig needs. And so they have this innate need to kind of move and use that snout and that mouth. Um, and so we're, we're understanding a lot more about that, right? Is that a need that they formed in the wild just to find food? If they don't need to find food, is that need still there? Probably some of it. And so Europe is way ahead of us in that enrichment space. Um, from a health standpoint, I think pain mitigation is something we're working on in the United States, but we're maybe a little bit behind Europe. Um, something that I think we do a good job of in the United States, but we've got a way to go would be uh, more understanding kind of the big picture of health. Like biosecurity is an animal welfare issue. If we have poor biosecurity and pigs are breaking with disease, disease has very negative impacts on health. And so um, we, we have some areas in the United States, um, like trucking biosecurity, some of our wean to market biosecurity that we need to improve because secondarily we can improve health and that will improve animal welfare. Um, and then I would say, if, and as far as environment goes, trucking or movements, that's something that Europe is doing a little bit differently than we are. Uh, they're doing some more stuff with like heated trailers for wean pigs, um, kind of instead of having pigs walk up chutes, going up and down elevators, um, like air conditioned trucks. They've got some really interesting things in Europe uh, as far as providing uh, for the environment while we're trucking and moving pigs. And, and I think we have a potential to grow in that area in the United States. Yeah, that's really fascinating. And I think when you look at different companies, depending on how far those pigs have to go, it makes a big difference on what kind of a vehicle or what, what you what you provide and how that matters. There's a big difference between bringing pigs two miles and then bringing them eight hours. Yeah, yeah. I in, I was in the Netherlands and I had the funniest conversation. Uh, we were talking about decreasing antimicrobial use and kind of how they got to their reduction in use. And we were talking about wean pigs and, you know, yeah, we always struggle with wean pig cough in the early nursery. And, and this uh, veterinarian in the Netherlands was like, well, yeah, we used to struggle with, with cough in the early nursery um, because we were putting them on cold trucks, but now we put them on warm trucks and, and they don't cough anymore. Um, so obviously you're using warm trucks in the United States too, right? <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, well, let's just say that we weren't. <laughs> what would you say to me <laughs> about Don't you hate it when they propose on a cold it. truck? <laughs> Don't you hate it when they propose it that way? So obviously yeah. you're doing it too, right? And you're just like, uh. Yeah. So we've had some really interesting discussions about, yeah, sometimes pigs look great and then they get to the nursery and they look really tough. And so I think that whole idea of trucking movements, transport, we have some work to do in those areas. So you are not only in a director of animal welfare role with Pipestone, where you are communicating to employees and to the whole company about what can be done to improve welfare. You are also, I will call you a TikTok sensation for our industry, <laughs> where you are communicating animal welfare to the broader public. Can you talk a little bit about how that got started and what you've seen and heard that has really surprised you? Yeah, I would first off I would say I am an accidental TikTok <laughs> TikToker. <laughs> um yeah, I mean the whole social media thing kind of stem stemmed from the fact that I mean, I just think um pig farmers are really amazing people. Um I think feeding the world in the way that we do is um 
I just think it's, it's an awesome industry to be a part of and I love it and support it. And so I was getting really frustrated kind of seeing the way that farmers, uh, people who raise pigs are kind of villainized um, in kind of social media and in the modern day. And so um, Pipestone had kind of asked me, hey, would you share some of what we're doing about antimicrobial resistance? And I said, yes. Can I also just teach people um, about pig production? why we do what we do and showcase the way that we care for pigs. And so that's kind of where the the TikTok and the um, Facebook and everything kind of started from is just that desire uh, to support the industry and kind of tell the truth. What surprise, what did you learn from that whole experience? Cause you are <laughs> hundreds of videos in at this point. Yeah. I learned that the public knows less about where their food comes from than I even thought. Um, it is unbelievable some of the questions. I mean, I posted a picture of me holding a wean pig, right? A 14 and a half pound pig. And people made comments about how tomorrow that's going to be um, at the slaughter plant or, or some people saying, I can hear them slaughtering pigs in the background. <laughs> and, and to us, that's like, I mean, a slaughter plant is a different location than a sow farm, obviously. And obviously your meat doesn't come from a 14 pound wean pig. Like where would the pork chop even come from? Yeah. But th <laughs> things so like big. that, and people have no idea. They just have no concept of where their food comes from. And, and part of that's our fault, right? I think we have a responsibility as an industry to teach people. Have you ever got any questions or comments that made you feel like, wow, this is this is actually making a difference and making progress. Oh yeah. I mean, I get really good questions all the time. I get really good um comments of things like, wow, I never imagined that you would do this or I had never thought about it that way. I mean, of course I get a lot of crazy comments. Um and those I'm not going to change those people's minds. I don't care. Um but it's more of the people who are just on TikTok and all of a sudden go, "Oh. I mean, I didn't Look know pigs pig. couldn't sweat. How cool that they have drippers that help keep them cool in the summertime. I didn't even know they were thinking about that. Um, it's that sort of kind of incremental progress that I, I hope I'm making. So I, I would love it if you could walk us through. You uh, you have a lot of videos, but you had one where you, you asked the pigs a question and you got quite the funny response. And I think that <laughs> one performed really well. Can you at least talk us through? It's not going to be the same, but hopefully it drives people to go watch it. But can you talk us through that one? Yeah. So are you talking about the oral fluids one or the, how many pigs did you have today? One? Let's do both. Cause I'm not okay. sure. <laughs> um, so I had one where, um, I literally just asked. So I basically said, Hey, I need, um, an oral fluid sample from this group of pigs. And so I said to the pigs, Hey, does anybody want to give me an oral fluid sample? And then kind of off camera, I stopped my foot. So all the pigs ran across the pen, the other direction, like they didn't want to sample. And then I showed an example of how we collect oral fluids from a rope and how we, we work smarter, not harder in the swine industry and, and how we actually care about what diseases the pigs have. And so we do things like test saliva. Um, that yeah, was, so that, that was great too. Cause right when you asked, they all stared at you and then, yep. they, roar, 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 and then ran away and it was perfect. Yeah. The, the pigs did great on that video. They don't always do that good for me in the filming yeah. process. <laughs> Yeah. The, the other one is one where I, I had so many questions about like how many babies do these sows have? I think people were under the impression sows had like two or three. <laughs> um, 
And, and just saying things about, hey, your caregivers don't actually care about pigs. And so I kind of wanted to just showcase some caregivers. And so I just, I said to a sow, like, how many babies did you have today? And then I had, I think like six or seven caregivers, each carrying one or two babies, uh, brand new piglets, and just went down the line and counted and she had 15. And, and then I said, hey, you're an overachiever. And she kind of like barked and gave me she, she was great. Like a word <laughs> she of gave affirmation. Me a really good look. Yeah, yeah. So that was another video that did really, really well. So as we wrap up here, what is something unique about you that most people in the industry do not know? Oh my goodness, something that's unique about me. Um, yeah, maybe people don't know that I have four kids. <laughs> so when I when I'm not doing animal welfare. Um, yeah, I'm spending a bunch of time with little kids. I have four kids, seven and under. So So you didn't go into elementary ed, but you created your own little schoolhouse. That's exactly right. (laughs) (laughs) What is a golden nugget that you'd be willing to share with us? Uh, life wisdom or some wisdom in life that you picked up along the way. Oh man, you're full of good questions today. (laughs) Um, yeah, life wisdom. Um, I mean, I feel like this is something that's said all the time, but if you love your job, it doesn't feel like work, uh, when you go to work and I happen to love my job. So I love working with pigs and people. I love building relationships with pig farmers and with pig caregivers. Um, and I couldn't be more grateful to be in a job that I absolutely love. I will second that. I will second that. It's not work when you love it. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, thank you for being a guest on the podcast and thank you for everything that you're doing for the industry. You are a wonderful spokesperson for the industry and a um, a testament to what it means to step out, tell your story and and help the industry move forward. So thank you very much. Thanks, Matthew. Thank you for joining us on this episode of Popular Pig. We aspire to learn and grow together through the experience and wisdom shared by our esteemed guests. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with your friends and colleagues within the swine industry. For more information, please go to popularpig.com to receive updates when new episodes are available. Popular Pig is brought to you by SwineTech, the award-winning creators of SmartGuard and PigFlow. To learn how PigFlow can help you streamline your workforce and reduce piglet and sow deaths, visit swinetechnologies.com. 